everyone, welcome to uh, another episode of Car Ride Conversations meets QC Brief. We're, we're, we're merging the two. Michael Forian is in the car. Good morning, George. Uh, and uh, this is going to be fun. This is, uh, we're merging two different segments because it makes sense. This is the, the last day uh, of the campaign, October 3rd. Uh, if people haven't gone out to vote, hopefully they're going to start soon. The polls open at 8, right? 8 o'clock. So they're already uh, going out. They should it's be early. open by now. It's early in the morning. We thought, hey, it'd be a good idea to do this in the car. We'll take a ride into Montreal and discuss everything that's, well, not everything, but some of the stuff that have happened during the campaign, the highlights, the bad stuff, uh, things to watch out for during the campaign. Uh, I don't know about you, man, but I felt that this day would never come. I it was such a long campaign. It's a long campaign, but even this morning, I don't know about you, but I I got up and I had anxiety. I was filled with stress. I was a, a complete stress ball because I know what it's like waking up on Georgie uh, on election day, yeah, yeah, as we call it, and uh, you know, being at the office super early in the morning, making sure everything, all the volunteers oh, are. No, you don't been sleep. Notified. You don't even sleep. You don't. Do you or really? Very don't. You, try, yeah. you try to get a few winks here and yeah. there. You're not. You're not. You're definitely. If you're sleeping, you're not sleeping well. That's for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just preparing the ground game, preparing. Everything's been prepared for, if it's a good campaign, a few days in advance. But just making sure those last-minute details are, are all done. You know, that you got some food coming in because making sure that food and, and uh, maybe a little bit of booze, too, uh, <laughs> towards yeah. the end. Yeah. Whether it's, it's, a, it's a good campaign or a bad campaign, depending gonna on the result. It. You're going to need it. booze <laughs> either way. That's going to be important. And uh, definitely some coffee along the way, too. So it's it was weird. It was nostalgic this morning waking up and... and um, you know, not being part of a campaign, but definitely uh, having observed it with you, with our viewers, with our listeners, and uh, yeah, it's it's been crazy. It's been oh, you're crazy. right, you're right. It's definitely been weird. This is the first time since 2007 that I have done almost nothing. Well, actually, nothing. I mean, yeah. what I've done during this campaign is this these segments, which I enjoyed very much. Uh, but in terms of actual, you know, political work. Nothing, nothing, yeah. and it's felt very, very strange. It feels like uh, I feel almost guilty. I don't know if that makes sense, but uh, I, it's like, should I have? I feel lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 the strangest thing ever. <laughs> anyway, uh, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, dur- like during this day, like like you said, a lot of the candidates, there's like these butterflies in the stomach, right? It's the last day. Yeah. Uh, it's also there's also a sense of relief like oh god thank god it's over right because yeah. let's be honest here uh, for the viewer uh, or for you know the, the 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 you know your your general population that that is just bombarded daily with this information either on TV on the radio on the call if you're being called right uh, the pamphlets at home it does get heavy but imagine doing the campaign as a candidate I mean it's extremely long days we're talking about really early in the morning until really late at night um, and it takes a toll on you right that yeah. 35th day or 34th whatever and, day and it, it will is. take it will take a few weeks also for a lot of candidates oh to yeah, yeah to just to decompress get, to get <laughs> yeah. out of that that jam that they're currently in right now and something that their families have experienced too their friends have been experiencing their partners I mean this has been a toll not just on them but also their campaign workers their campaign managers their press secretaries everyone, on everyone volunteers and hats off to everyone right yeah. especially the candidates obviously I mean for the campaigns that they uh, that they ran in general it was okay we had in the beginning a few little things that we questioned with respect to the threats and the violence which yep. I had never seen before or very little of 
um, but also in addition to the candidates that you know put their name in the race like you said all the people that they gathered and brought into this campaign the volunteers the workers like everyone especially obviously the family members and friends uh, that are close to these candidates that immediately felt the impact of Absolutely. you know this whole 35 days or so um, so yeah good on you guys so I think like just in terms of you know what were some of the highlights of the campaign that we witnessed I mean when there's good news there's very little attention when there's bad news there's a lot of attention from the media and they're going to focus on things like that you know I think looking back at some of the debates and especially you know looking at the the last debate was perhaps the most impactful the first one was maybe a test run yeah. and the interview style uh, Radio Canada inter- well, um, you know interviews that they had on Radio Canada that was uh, an introduction for many Quebecers to candidates they had never heard from before or had heard very little from uh, previous that night and the issues that I felt really got to a lot of Quebecers were ones that make them emotional social issues language was a heavy one yeah. identity was a heavy one and I felt that we did tap into a few debates on fiscal policy that were important as well in particular with Quebec Solidaire proposing a wealth tax again emotional because you're talking about death this is a death tax you're yeah. talking about things that really tap into the heart and soul of somebody and their and and their and their finances during a very difficult time um, but I feel that overall we didn't really get into the nitty-gritty of a lot of the the policy we didn't get into a lot of the that what what makes it what differentiates for example the PLQ from the CAC on a lot mm-hmm. of issues outside of social issues like identity yeah. like bill 21 like bill 96 like bill 40 you're absolutely right these uh, uh, these elemental things and the differences between each party weren't discussed number one and number two we just spent two and a half years dealing with probably the biggest uh, uh, health crisis that we've all known right very little about health uh, our schools were closed down kids were, were, were at home they're 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 outdated uh, nothing on education so I, I felt that also those two things should have or at least I was expecting them to be central in the campaign they weren't right and, and again for anyone uh, for anyone listening or watching over half of the budget of the Quebec government goes into health and it wasn't or at least it was very absent during this right. this uh, this election period, and, and I and I think that it's it goes to show that again the vast majority of Quebecers agree with how François Legault handled the pandemic. They're impressed, particularly francophones, particularly those that are outside the region of Montreal. They gave Legault a seal of approval. They gave Christian Dubé a seal of approval in terms of that handling from that perspective. There, so I think that's one thing to know. But then going back to, you know, for example, uh, you know, what we didn't talk about um, or perhaps distractions and maybe they're good distractions for some, bad distractions for other. But looking at the rise of a completely new, mm-hmm. relatively new political movement, even before the campaign in Eric Zoem's Conservative Party of Quebec, yeah. the Conservative Party of Quebec was a non-player uh, in Quebec, a, a non-consequential player in Quebec politics up until uh, Eric Zouem having taken over the reins of the party. Eight, nine months ago. Pretty much. And before that, uh, they would make a little blip in terms of their performance in the polls. Nothing, uh, you know, noteworthy. 
their leader, their previous leader, Adrien Pouliot, was, uh, you know, a respected economist, worked with the Montreal Economic Institute, but did not really gain or, or garner the attention anywhere close, anywhere close to what Eric Zoem and, and Eric, his background working within politics, working inside of radio broadcasting, he, he's somebody who knows how to captivate an audience. So it's, I think, no matter which party Eric Zoem had joined or revolutionized like he has with the Conservative Party here in Quebec, uh, he would have been popular and he would have been able to get his message across. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't think it's necessarily the party. It's not the banner. It's the individual. And we've spoken about that uh, during you know the different episodes that we've done about leadership. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and how, especially with reference to the Liberal Party, where we're wondering what's going to happen after, well, as of tonight or maybe tomorrow morning. We don't know. Let's see. I think it's going to be as of tonight or... Uh, but, you know, you you brought to the table the, the idea that maybe we're witnessing the end uh, of the Liberal Party. Maybe so, but anything can turn around if right. you have that one person that has what it takes, right? The charisma, the, the leadership ability, the, 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 the speaking ability, the, the communications ability to kind of rally everyone, get them excited again, get them moving, because definitely that's what the Liberal Party is going to have to... Mm-hmm. Uh, look at going forward, and I think that we're we're in a state of flux right now for the the Quebec Liberal Party, and it's you know 150 years plus of existence in the political uh, landscape of Quebec. This is very pivotal. Tonight is uh, the one night that they have to prove themselves, and you know, looking at for example, you know, what are going to be the deciding factors for Dominique Anglade tonight? One whether or not she will be winning her own seat in Saint saint anne If she doesn't, she is gone. Now, I've been hearing rumors the past couple of days that if she's able to keep the threshold of 20-plus seats, that she will attempt to stay on as leader of the Quebec Liberal Party. However, I think there are also going to be members of her caucus, um, new members of her caucus, too, that will not be... Um, ambitious or enthusiastic about her staying on in that regard and will make an active attempt to uh, call for a leadership race. Yeah, it's, and, it's interesting what you're talking about because it feels as though they settle for mediocrity, right? It's like yeah. already at 27 or 26, 27 that they had from 2018 was a historic low to think that if we maintain the threshold at around 2021, 20, that's good. Right. Because I only lost five seats from uh, 2018, which in general terms is acceptable. But it's still sucks. I'm not that bad. Yeah, exactly. Please don't get rid of me. I'm not right? that bad. I mean, we did better. I mean, they had us at 15 and I got us 20. Um, it's not It's not good enough. It's not good enough. And and I think that the Liberal Party, if it wants to, like we spoke about right before, right. to bounce back, they're going to have to shift also their mindset, right? I mean, you can't accept, you know, the mediocre anymore. You have to set high goals and high targets and at least try to aim for them. And even if you miss them, you're going to get much better than what you initially started off with, yep. right? Um, but something similar to this uh, is relatable to the PQ as well. I mean, they had eight seats. They're not going to end up with anything more than probably three. Yet the leader, I'm convinced, is going to stay because uh, he did a phenomenal job. Well, he had a great... He had a, I, by and large, the PQ and, and PSPP had a great campaign. Yeah. Uh, because, again, the expectations were so low for them. And he did everything that I think was in line with his voter base. 
he was authentic, he stuck to the indépendantist rhetoric, rhetoric yeah. and it, 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 it's a winning recipe with that segment of Quebecers that are looking for that. Whereas Dominique Anglade, I think she did everything possible to piss off her base. Uh, you know, the very little um, <laughs> little support she has from Francophone Quebecers, she's it's is slipping, it, uh, and she's it, and she's losing for, on, on, on identity questions and on social issues. And the same thing when it comes to her Anglophone base, the historic Anglophone base of the PLQ, that has slipped as well with missteps in Bill ninety six, with uh, you know certain you know lack of authenticity when it came to uh, those those important social issues on identity language and who we are as Quebecers. Oh, no, no. She's lost on all fronts, right? I mean, she's at, what, 6, 7, or 8% in the Francophone vote, which I've never seen. I never. think that's even high. <laughs> Those are high numbers. Yeah, I, I, but, uh, I mean, the lowest that I remember ever falling in the Francophone vote was around 22%. Right. But with the support that the Liberal Party always had in its base regions like in, in, in those pockets like Outaouais, Montreal, Quebec City, they, they, that's how they would guarantee at least 45 seats all the time. I, I don't know if you ever heard this, but I remember uh, being told that, look, George, don't worry about it. In the worst case scenario, we have we're going to have 45 seats. Yeah. So that's the well, lowest 45, we can get. 50 seats. Like that's always yeah. what I've been told. It's like, you know, that's our buffer right exactly. there because of the, the S3, because of Laval, because of uh, you know, the, the seats over in the Utaway, like Pontiac and, uh, you know, Hall, which again, Pontiac and Hall, the two remaining seats for the POQ in, um, in the Utaway are targets tonight. Yeah. Definitely Hall more than Hall Pontiac. more than but Pontiac, yeah, exactly. It's, but this, for Marise Gaudreau, who, you know, this is, uh, you know, she, she's been around for a few mandates now, a deputy speaker in the National Assembly, somebody who's relatively respected within the party, and she's at risk. She's at risk tonight. The same could be said a little bit less for Pontiac, where you have André Fortin, who's looked upon as a potential dauphin, yeah. uh, somebody who would be a successor to Dominique Anglade if things uh, go poorly for her tonight, which they're, they're bound to at this point. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a question of, of, of if, it's a question of when, and, and tonight's tonight. But my point being is that over in Pontiac, the only thing that will save somebody like André Fortin will be perhaps that Anglophone vote, if he's able to get it out. And yeah. that's one of the things that we've seen consistent across the provinces. In polling, subsets of, po- of people that have responded to polls, we, we were able to note that Anglophones are not wanting to respond to election polls. Yeah. And what does that mean come election day or come advanced polls? It means if you're less likely to respond to a poll, you're less likely to actually go out and vote come that opportunity yeah. and it says it means that anglophones are going to be staying home by and large by and large today compared to previous elections and we see that also i mean we mentioned the 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 low uh, score in the francophone vote right when you're looking at the montreal uh, how the, uh, the liberal party of quebec is scoring in the region of montreal which is was probably its strongest fortress right i mean what seventy percent but now now we see that They're at twenty in the twenties now we see is, that the cat in both um, the form, form research poll last night, um, and I believe a Main Street poll that came out last night as well. These are the two final polls of the campaign. Uh, most probably, Leisure might be coming out with one later today. But my point being is that this demonstrates that the, the, with these two polls that the CAC has finally 
penetrated the great the, the island of Montreal. They are now in a better position than the POQ uh, have ever been throughout the campaign. They're 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 on top. The CAC is now number one. They're dominating Montreal, not by a lot, but by a decent margin. Yeah, by a good ten points, yeah. which is intriguing, because when when we you know throughout this whole campaign, when we were listening to uh, Premier Legault's discourse, right. It was everything different than we've been used to about Montreal, right? The, uh, the, the, the whole thing about the immigration, which plagued him from the very beginning of the campaign all the way until the very end. He, pro- he practically yeah. went into hiding. I, I, I was hearing that he had told the media that he was only going to be giving one press conference a day, like for the last three, four days, right? right. So the guy really just you know, secluded himself uh, so, that, so, so that nothing... Worse can come out of his mouth so that he won't be cornered. Uh, and that is intriguing to me because it played in his favor on the island of Montreal. Yeah. Like something that no one would have expected. Well, balance that out with just a poor performance, a poor campaign That's from true. Dominique Anglade. You know, maybe... Well, it goes to explain what you were saying. The Anglophone and the Allophone voters are just absent in this campaign. Yeah. And also, on top of that, you know, he... <laughs> To make it even more interesting is the fact that he's used Montreal as a pinata during this campaign outside of the immigration question. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of the immigration question, uh, you know, saying things like, we're not going to let Montrealers make decisions for Quebecers, meaning Quebec people living in Quebec City. Yeah. And that in itself, again, this very anti-Montreal rhetoric to show an increase in the polls for him, to show him dominating the greater Montreal area, uh, I think really for me, it's falls fascinating. on Dominique Anglade. For me, it's fascinating. And, and it's surprising also because, one, he started off with two MNAs in the region of Montreal. Right. And he's probably going to be making gains, maybe two more yeah. seats. Oh, I think, and, and I think there's a lot in play. It could be more than two seats. Let, let's get into a bit of that in terms yeah. of on in the greater Montreal region, in particular on the island of Montreal, what are the seats to watch tonight and which ones could be flipping to the CAC? Because that's the trend that we're seeing, of course, this election. We're looking at ridings like Verdun, where Isabelle Melanson, the incumbent, somebody who was a political staffer, uh, worked her way up the ranks, won in a by-election after the passing of the late mm-hmm. uh, Jacques Daou, Jacques Daou. And, and came in as, a, as an MA in that by-election during the Cuillard era, became minister uh, of the environment, to my understanding, mm-hmm. um, and, and I believe a culture at one point, too. So she had a few different mm-hmm. roles in that circumstance and, uh, you know, really made a place for her in that party. But, you know, she is respected in Verdun, doesn't live in Verdun. She lives off island. Being challenged by Véronique Tremblay, who is the city councillor, previously under Denis Coderre's administration, now sitting in the Proche Montréal caucus with Valérie Plante, you know, somebody who is representing the Nuns Island portion mm-hmm. of the, the riding. Of the and again, very heavy francophone, very heavy elite portion. You know, Nuns Island itself and Verdun are two very different, different neighborhoods. Yes. But they're grouped together into the Verdun riding itself. So I do think it's, it's, it's prenable, as we would say. It's takeable for the CAC. Véronique Tremblay is running a good campaign there. She has managing her campaign uh, 
Alexandre Ramancheri. Alexandre oh, Alex is there. He's and who's the chief of staff to uh, Minister of the Economy, Minister Fitzgibbons. So my point being is that a lot of experience. A lot of experience. Some people are on the ground. They're really. Uh, they're investing. The CAC is investing a lot of resources resources into Verdun because they know it's takeable. They know they can pull this off. So, so we have look here. Here are the writings that I'll be watching out for yeah. in the region of Montreal: Verdun, Saint Henri Saint Anne, uh, Marquette, and um, Maurice Richard, which is already lost. So those four yeah. ridings. So yeah, Maurice Richard, the Liberals are not picking yeah. that one up for sure. Now, depend. Is it going to go to the CAC? Or Quebec City oh. there. I think it's going to the CAC, Maurice. Likewise, Richard. yeah. Marquette, and that's a really a really good candidate who's running over there, uh, Audrey Murray, somebody who's very well respected, a respected lawyer, uh, somebody who who's worked within the Quebec, uh, you know, uh, La Paris politique mm -hmm. for for quite some time in, in governance, and somebody who's very well and a very big win. Uh, it would be huge for Legault in, in terms of forming his cabinet to have somebody like her in caucus, being able to put her in a very important position. Now, Marquette is a three-way race. Uh, Liberals, uh, uh, CAC, and Quebec Solidaire. Right. I don't think Quebec Solidaire would be able to penetrate there. Um, I, I think, if anything, if it's going to fall, it's going to fall to the CAC. Right. But the only thing that will save uh, Enrico Ciccone over there would be the Anglophone vote, mm -hmm. if he's able to get them out. Of course, he does have the uh, city of Dorval mm -hmm. inside of his riding. So that's one thing that you also have to take into perspective is that Anglophone concentration and a, and a good half of his riding, will that be enough to outweigh the Lachine portion of his riding and, and sort of shift the balance there? And the other two, we just spoke about Verdun and Saint-Henri-Saint-Anne, yeah. which I think those two might be leaning Quebec Solidaire rather than CAC, in my opinion. I don't know. Right. And I mean, you know, you have, uh, you know, a respected candidate, uh, somebody who's, who's well-established in terms of, you know, a, a political leader like Véronique Tremblay over in Verdun. However, for the CAC over in um, Saint-Henri-Saint-Anne, uh, they've got uh, Isabelle, uh, sorry, um, Nicolas Huard-Isabelle running over there. Somebody who is... Um, you know, a, a political staffer for the for the CAQ, relatively young, he's in his early twenties, uh, wanted to run against the leader. But I think at the time when they were going to be putting up a candidate against um, Dominique Anglade, the CAC didn't really evaluate how prenable, how takeable mm. that riding would be. Yeah. Now they're coming to discover, oh, we might actually have a chance taking down Dominique Anglade over in Saint-Henri Saint-Anne in her own riding, and that is, is saying something to you right there. Mm -hmm. So. Again, it's um, you know, it's it's everything is very much in flux right now. The other one that would surprise a lot of people, uh, and it's been it's been talked about a little bit, is Vio, right? Of Mont center of Montreal, historically liberal riding, right? Um, very diverse riding, very diverse very, riding, very, very but it is also the only one kind of floating around a sea of. Quebec Solidaire. Uh, since yeah. Laurier Dorion was last in 2018, it's surrounded. And it's a strategy that we've seen with Quebec Solidaire. They start off in Mercier and it kind of spreads from there yeah. all around. They're very intelligent in the way they organize themselves and the way that they share resources uh, in the neighboring ridings and they've spread out intelligently. And uh, Quebec Solidaire on the island of Montreal is just there, smack in the middle of, um, of Montreal. Um, oh, yeah, let's go grab coffee here. Oh, good um, idea. So there may be a possibility. I, I mean, it would shock me profoundly that liberals lose VO. 
it, it's but it's it's very much a possibility and, and I'm even seeing in recent riding polls uh, the possibility of a riding Le Bourassa Sauvé being able to flip which again is even more red than Vio uh, historically speaking right uh, but I mean you're seeing with with the, Lib the Liberals really trailing uh, the CAC and Quebec Solidaire being able to strategically come in the middle in certain ridings it could very well be the case George look at this we uh, just for a moment we disappear and, and there's then and there's Tim Horton appears. Go figure. They're not sponsoring the show, but if ever they want to, <laughs> it's an opportunity. You know, you know who to reach. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was uh, the seats, in my opinion, to watch out for uh, for the region of Montreal. Mm. There may be more. I don't know, uh, but know I think that's pretty much all right. Oh, the other I one. Sorry, the other one we forgot. Before we get to the other regions, the one that definitely uh, is going to be uh, looked at is Camille Lorraine. Of course, you know, we have PSPP running over there, leader for the PQ. I honestly wish he wins. Honestly, I think Me he too. did a good job. I think he deserves to be in the house. Uh, and really for him and for his party, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I, I'll never agree with the PQ, but I do believe in democracy and the fact that that voice, uh, you know, should matter in the National Assembly. It's, uh, it's, it should. Uh, yeah. It's a, he has a, and he has a strong voice, and I think that he, you know, he'll, he'll play his cards right and probably win tonight. Um, That'd be interesting to see. It's held, excuse me, it's held by a, by a CAC uh, backbencher, um, Richard Campo, yeah. who, you know, is, has been putting on a good campaign there, but again, he doesn't really have a name recognition. Yeah. And the yeah. name recognition part plays a big part in, in terms of how people vote, and that's a good 10 to 15% of how, you know, how people might vote come election day. Mm. So Plus the fact that Quebec Solidaire, uh, the Quebec Solidaire candidate, we spoke exactly. about that, was signed. So that door is all open. Now, depending on whether or not those uh, members of Quebec Solidaire or supporters of Quebec Solidaire will come out or not, who knows? Like, I'm still shocked. I'm still shocked that person's name is going to be completely stripped from the ballot, that the votes that went towards that candidate were going to be put aside and not counted. I would have contested that because it's not fair to the people that voted Absolutely. someone other than Quebec Solidaire. What they should do is open that those ballots, count the votes, and whichever ballot has uh, selected her, mm -hmm. just discard that one. Yeah. So you can't penalize the other uh, uh, the other citizens that voted, you know, uh, the other candidates other than Quebec Solidaire. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's what they're going to do. I don't oh, know. No, no, no. That, that, that is what they're going to do. It's, I'm, I'm just against the fact that the only person, the only votes that are going to be cast aside are going to be uh, the Quebec Slater votes okay. in, inside of the riding. I understood, I my, understood that everything that happened up uh, No, 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 no. Okay, no. Okay, the, okay. The, no, that, that would be a, a, a great, you know, okay, slap okay. in the face of democracy. But I still think it's pretty bad for, uh, you know, I, I, I don't like the fact that elections, the Elections Act allows for this. And again, before this event, I had never even I never even knew this was a possibility. Um, I think it's relatively new because we'll recall certain campaigns where individuals would be caught in scandal um, at some point during the campaign. Their name would have to stay on the the ballot, and we would still see their name being maintained on the ballot. Mm. So it would cause some difficulties in that in that regard. There, so. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's look at other regions now. Uh, ridings to watch out well, for. Obviously, the region of uh, of Laval, uh, of Quebec. Uh, yeah. yeah, the region of Quebec. Uh, listen, particularly this is because of the presence of the, the Conservative Party. Yeah, yeah. The, the Conservative Party will be able to take. Uh, you know, they've been trying to 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 uh, really target um, ridings like Chauveau, the two Beauce ridings, Beauce Nord and Beauce Sud, 
and you know Vanier uh, La Rivière, some other ones around in the Quebec City region, but the Chute de la Chaux. Uh, yep, uh, Chaudière-Appalaches area, yeah. like that. Those those ridings have been really targeted by uh, the PCQ. The problem is voter efficiency. They don't have enough supporters in one concentrated riding or or in two concentrated ridings, let's say, in order to actually make a difference. Their voter concentration is too spread out. Mm. They've got a good 15% plus of Quebecers that want to vote for them. Obviously, it's higher in the Quebec City region and in that 200-kilometer corridor north and south. Is it enough to get a seat right now? It's not the case. That's, that's, that's problematic for them. So the CAC will be maintaining, by less of a margin than last time, their seats in that region. They've got a whole cast of new candidates running in that area. Martine Biron, former Radio-Canada journalist. Mm-hmm. Bernard Drainville. Yeah, in Lévy. You know, former PQ cabinet minister, radio commentator in, in more recent times. Respected individuals that know uh, I've either reported on or have worked within Quebec politics uh, and, and I've had a seat at the cabinet table in the case of Mr. Dreyviz. So that will be making a difference in terms of, you know, and this is another thing that we have to get into and talk about this just particularly for the Quebec City region is with all these high profile candidates, not just there, but across the province. How do you form a cabinet with 95 a hundred yeah, caucus g- members. Yeah. That's going to be a, a, a huge task for Legault. In yeah. French, they say, il aura l'embarras du choix, right? Exactly. He'll be lucky. He'll have a good pool of, you know, competent people yeah. to select uh, and to form his next cabinet. But a lot of unhappy people as well. There will be a lot of unhappy people, among which, obviously, we have Jean Boulet, uh, who we spoke about, yeah. came out with a very unfortunate uh, stuff about immigrants. Uh, and this came out Five days before yeah, 80, uh, him, him saying, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, 80% of immigrants that come to Quebec go to Montreal, don't speak French, don't work. And, and, are, uh, and are not aligned with Quebec values. Exactly. Yeah. And again, going into how we've been speaking very little about economic policy. We've been speaking very little uh, about, you know, the economic um, values of parties, but I've been talking a lot about social values, identity questions linguistic questions and now immigration is coming into the mix it goes to show what people are really focusing in on compared to um, you know you, you would think like the real issues right am i going the right way i don't think so but it's fine we can just oh, drive around okay. it's okay <laughs> right. george doesn't know where he's going but that's fine everybody <laughs> neither do i <laughs> Turn on Cavendish. Uh, yeah anyway um so yeah so jean boulet is obviously out I have a feeling that the education minister, uh, Jean-François Robert, yes. probably won't be getting a seat as well. He didn't do very well. That or he'll be getting a demotion within cabinet. Yeah. Uh, I know that he's somebody who you know, has a fairly good relationship with François Legault, so that's something to account for in terms of how some of the decisions are made. But in terms of his performance, I think it's been pretty lackluster. People haven't been impressed. It's a, it's a difficult portfolio. Education it's, is it's very not tough. Education and health are the toughest yeah. Um, cabinets to have. And also the, the two ministries with the biggest budgets. Exactly. All, uh, having said that, though, the health minister is doing a, a pretty stellar job. I mean, yeah. uh, he, he has a very good um, uh, health minister in, uh, what's his name? Who, who, um, Christian Dubé. Who we know will be reappointed to that post. Guaranteed. Yeah, because yeah. François Legault has come out and mentioned the names of certain cabinet ministers that he'd like to say see maintained. Mm-hmm. Christian Dubé being one of them. 
Right. Um, I think Benoit Charette might not get environment again. I think you're right. Uh, Especially with what's happening over at the Fonderie over in uh, Rouen de Randa. Yeah. It's definitely been a, a hot potato I for him feel, I feel during like, the campaign on top of it. Yeah. I feel like Christopher Skeet is going to get a place in cabinet. All, not, not because, he, I, I, first of all, I like him. I think he's very good. He's, a, he's very efficient. But also because the CAC is going to do spectacularly well in the region of Laval. Right. They're going to get pretty much all the ridings except maybe for Shamiri. And even there, depending on whether the, 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 the loyal liberal vote comes out to vote, maybe who knows? You maybe know? for Ski, but I, I do think that five of those six ridings are very takeable for the CAC, and they probably, at the end of the night, will have five of those six I think ridings, they're going right? to have Laval. That's it. I mean, forget about Shamiri. Uh, five... They'll take Shamiri or no? I don't know. It's, it's like, it, would, it wouldn't okay. surprise me if they did. It'll be Because difficult. they have a, they have a Greek candidate running there. They, you know, uh, no. Uh, oh, you mean the CAC? The CAC yeah. does have a Greek candidate. Yeah. Um, but uh, so does the the Conservatives. So the Conservatives. For have sure, a, yeah. but I mean, in terms of like voter legitimacy, in terms of people that really have uh, an ability to, uh, you know, take the riding, I don't think the Conservatives are going to come anywhere anywhere no, close. No, no, no. But look, it's a traditionally liberal uh, riding. The question remains on whether or not this is what we were uh, talking about before. Are are, is the loyal liberal base going to come out? Now, in a riding like Shawmany, maybe it doesn't matter because they're going to win anyway, right. but it could be significant enough, and especially with both the CAC and the, the Conservative Party running a Greek candidate, maybe they'll, be, maybe they'll create a... a, a uh, they'll be able to, s- uh, to, to steal some votes, yeah. especially in the younger demographic that are turning conservative. Um, anything is up in the air, man. I, like, I'm, not, I'm not ready to exclude anything. Uh, but in, a, in any case, what I think I can, we can pretty much say for, for a fact now is that at least five out of six are going to the cabinet. Now, but that also creates a, another issue going back to cabinet positions. Yes, Skeet has done his time. Yes, he was, you know, the first uh, Laval M&A, and he's played his role in that respect very well. However, there are some high-profile Laval candidates is running there? with the CAC. That are going to vary. The, the former president of the party is running there. Mm. There, the, you know, you have these um, um, her, um, Alice Khalil, that's her name. Uh, you know, so you have these candidates who who are going to be very well placed, and a lot of women running in Laval. It would be it, it would be a bit of a slap in the face, though. However, if you have already one sitting MNA that was the first one in he, Laval, and yeah. now you get a good solid presence on the region, it was already a slap in the face to Christopher when he didn't get yeah. But, but, but let's say he was a rookie. He, you know, he, maybe he wasn't. They were all rookies. They were all rookies. They were. But whatever. Let's say we we, we let that one slide. Now, uh, like he's done a whole mandate. He's been there. He's obviously going to be the most experienced guy in the region in terms of you know, as right. an elected MNA. It would be a slap in the face to, to to not put him in there, especially after the presence that they're probably going to get in the region. I don't know. Uh, I have a feeling that since Jean Boulet is leaving immigration, maybe Christopher Skeet is up for the uh, is up for the role. Yeah, uh, I, I, that's you just know, maybe, my maybe, maybe loop. Uh, you know, an Anglo portfolio. Minister responsible yeah. for Anglo affairs, something of Which that nature. Which was a horrible file to manage during this first mandate, right? Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, I mean, was it really compared to how it was managed during the POQ area of 2014, 2018? Where am I going? Do you have a map? Where I'm do just, I turn? Just go drive around. Oh, Don't okay, worry. Okay. It's fine. I thought you wanted to go to the. No, it's okay. fine. We can go drive around. We'll figure it out. No, it's fine. Um, but in any case, <laughs> we have no idea where we're going. <laughs> it's like, just keep driving, yeah. George. It's fine. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, um, but I, I think it was a terrible file to manage uh, during the, um, the the Cuillard era, anyway. So it's it's I don't think it's a priority for the CAC, 
We know it's not a priority for the CAC. Does it give a little bit of symbolism? For sure. But it gives symbolism without actually any consequences because they know that they're not going to have to actually do any major uh, policy work when it comes to yeah. the Anglophone community. Any well, major they did. Whatever they had to do, they did it in Bill 96. Yeah. Even if it's contested, they've and invoked hey, the notwithstanding You clause, know exactly so. where we stand. You yeah. know exactly where we stand and this is, what's, well, this is what we're going to do. And no one can take that away from them. So... Yeah. So other than that, uh, Lutawe we spoke about. Uh, yeah. They're they're in danger. Uh, André Fortin might pull it off. I think he will. Caroline Saint-Hilaire, uh, the former mayor of Longueuil, who's running a little bit far away over in the eastern townships Sherbrooke, in yeah. Sherbrooke. Um, I, I think that she's primed to win it, though. That we have seen, you know, Quebec Solidaire trying to hang on to that riding there. We have seen uh, them, for example, trying to uh, encourage university students to re to register. In the riding on of the Sherbrooke. campus, yeah. A little bit of controversy on that front. Dirty, dirty tactic. Uh, nothing we haven't seen before. No. Um, so, so let's talk about Quebec Solidaire. This is interesting. Quebec Solidaire, and we spoke about this in other episodes, and this is something that I'll be watching out today. They were able in 2018 to break into the regions. They got Sherbrooke, they got Rouen Noranda, they got Tachereau, and Jean Lesage in the Quebec region. I think that they won't be able to maintain all yeah. four seats. So I think at the end of you know, at the, at the end of the day tonight, Quebec Solidaire is going to lose a couple of seats. I don't, I don't, if, I'm not so sure the that case. they may even come even, yeah. uh, depending on what they lose, right? I think Sherbrooke and Rouen Noranda, I'm willing to bet that it's going to the CAC. Now, Tashiro, they may be able to keep in the region of Quebec. I'm not so sure about Jean Lesage. Yeah. That would be iffy. But the, so but if the, they lose two, they it have calls, to, But it calls into question. GND's leadership, Manon Massé's leadership, it calls in the question, you know, I, I think it will be, if that's the case, if they don't maintain or gain, they're going to be in some some deep doo-doo. You think so? Yeah. I think I think that Gabriel Nadeau-Dubois and Manon Massé are royalty in Quebec Solidaire. And even if they don't manage to either maintain the seats they have or increase them, he did a pretty good campaign still uh, for him to maintain his popularity within the party. I don't think Gabriel Nadeau-Dubois' uh, leadership will come into question at all. Right. Um, but again, and, and you know, they're very good in um, in spreading, you know, the populist lines. They're going to come up with some sort of number. I don't know. They're going to figure out a percentage of voters that, that voted perhaps more this time around than last time. So they're going to find something to spin positively, which is always the case, right? You always find that positive spin. Right. Even if you end up losing. Um I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I I think for them, if they lose Rouen-Noranda and Sherbrooke and pick up Verdun and Saint-Henri-Saint-Anne, they're even. But they also become a Montreal party. That's the next they know, point. They no longer, they no longer become exactly. a, a Quebec-wide party. They exactly. no longer become a, they, a party of the regions. They become a, a party of Montreal. Which then and, brings into question the, the whole... Uh, issue of Montreal, well, like the, that, it, it, will it become forever the battleground between Quebec Solidaire and Liberals? Is that where those two parties will be reduced to? Mm-hmm. That for me is going to be very interesting. Yeah, it's it could be very well be the case, especially with the CAC making so many inroads into Montreal in itself, the Greater Montreal area as well. Ridings that we never thought could go CAC, uh, they're doing pretty well right now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a very scary prospect from that perspective. Well, look, who would, the, who the, would have thought like a, like an Anglo bastion like Dorval 
could be represented, could possibly yeah. be represented by the, the cap. Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a bit of a shocker. But to be honest with you, the writings that were held before by the PQ, as soon as the CAC came in, you could have predicted that, look, whatever was PQ went to the CAC, so naturally the writings in Montreal mm-hmm. uh, went there as well. You know, I mean, that isn't so much of a shocker. Right. But... Um, to like you said to to make uh, to make gains more on the western side, like market is at the limit, right? Between center and west of Montreal, let's say. Right. Uh, it's on the edge. I, th- I I consider it more west, but it's kind of like that buffer between west and east, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that's going to be a big gain for the CAC. Oh, big time for sure. You know, and this is not even looking at, like you look going back to the S three for example. I mean. They're going to be maintaining their grasp of the of the S3 overall, the CAC that is. Um, you know, they're, they're some so in terms of the PQ, some ridings with the PQ still has seats: René Lévesque, Bonaventure, Matin Matépédia. Uh, you, you know, the the the, the, the Gaspé region. Mm-hmm. So the Cotonou and the Gaspé, uh, Magdalen Islands, for example. That is where I think the PQ has to really look to maintaining. Um, I don't. I, I still. I do think that it would be great for the party. It would obviously be fantastic for PSPP to win a seat in Camille Lorraine. I do think that Camille Lorraine is less safe than those four ridings I just mentioned mm-hmm. in the regions. Mm-hmm. I think that the PQ uh, have has a better chance of being able to pick up those ridings right there. Mm. So we'll see what happens. But those are very takeable ridings for the CAC. Très prenable. Will it will will it actually appear? Will it come to fruition? I mean, that's that's the big question, right? So. In terms of what happens like later tonight, regardless of the result, you're going to see um, all the leaders speak to the media, give a speech. Um, and, and again, for some, they know they're not going to be giving a speech to be, I mean, for I think <laughs> all four, all four of the, the ones that are vying for opposition at this point know they're not going to be giving a victory speech. Legault is preparing to give himself a victory speech that will, um, I think, communicate to Quebecers that, you know, look, You've given us a second mandate, a strong second mandate. Um, we deliver, and we're going to deliver more. And that's going to be the messaging coming from him. I think Anglad's going to have to be very careful in terms of what she says this evening because she's going to be, she will try to maintain power if um, if the results are somewhat in her favor. If they're not, I think that her advisors should definitely be telling her, listen, it's time to call it quits, walk away. That's it, that's all. P, the, the PQ, um, I think they'll be happy to... I think a victory for for the PQ is 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 PSPP getting elected. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned Dominique Anglade and her strategy tonight, right? Obviously, depending on what the result is, her main objective is to stay alive, right? I mean, That's of course, assuming that she wins her riding to begin yeah. with. But if that were the strategy from the very beginning, do you not think that perhaps the intelligent thing to do would have been to end her campaign on the region in the region of Montreal rather than to go? She ended her campaign in uh, Les Îles de la Madeleine. No, in Ungava. And Ungava, exactly. I mean, how convinced are you that those seats can turn liberal again? Uh, And even if they could, would it not have been a more prudent uh, uh, bet to come back to your base? Because that's essentially who you'll be reaching out to tonight, if ever you want to stay alive. Exactly. For sure, and and I think it, it didn't send a very strong message to the rest of her uh, her voter base in, in, in the region of Montreal. I, listen, I had the same reaction when you saw uh, her spending her last day in in in, in Ungava in the Magdalen Islands. It just it wasn't very strong. 
and I don't think there is any. I mean, maybe we're wrong. Maybe we don't know something. Maybe we haven't seen something. I have no idea. Maybe the, party, the numbers the party, are there. Can the parties still do internal polling? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they can afford it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we didn't see something. Um, in terms of um, results now, yeah. where do you think we stand? I think we stand for the CAC to get somewhere between 95 and 100 seats. It's all going to depend on Montreal and Laval, if who you know where where we're going to see those differences, because a riding like Vio could very well go CAC. Uh, Maurice Shot I think is already in the bag, mm-hmm. and Laval is is it's tipsy right now. We'll see what happens in that regard. There they're taking Laval. I'm telling you, the Laval uh, yeah. minus Shamiri, which that will so, be. So yeah. so on top of that, if by whatever chance we see Eric Zoem and the Conservatives pick up one or two seats here, they're picking off seats from the CAQ. So again, that brings their vote total, their super majority down a little bit. Mm. So, but maybe they'll be able to make it up. There'll be a few surprises tonight and we'll see what happens on that front there. I think the PQ is going gonna, is gonna to be between two and four, um, with or without Camille Lorraine, mm-hmm. but two and four is what I'm thinking for them. The Liberals, <clears throat> it could really, it could r- range wildly. Maybe we'll have a surprise tonight. They'll keep 20 seats, but I think 20 seats would be a good night for them. Mm-hmm. 18 would be a little bit less good. I think it can go all the way down to 12. Now, yeah. it's, it's a big range, but I think given the circumstances where they're in danger and where those seats could flip to, I think that um, it's, yeah. it's very dangerous. Look, I've had them at 15 from the very beginning of the campaign. Yeah. Uh, like what I've counted, I mean, you're right. I mean, if I've had them at 15 and if they get 20, then yeah, obviously it's a, it's a, it's a good day. But again, for me, it's still the the mediocrity thing. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah we got twenty. It's like, ugh, yeah, I'm not so sure we should be celebrating twenty. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I get to stay as leader. <laughs> yeah. Woohoo! Which I think it, it still won't happen if they get twenty. I think I don't know. I think the frustration. But I think she'll try. I, yeah, well, for sure, I think she she'll try. try. I mean, she has nothing to lose, right? But uh, I think just within her own caucus, the frustration has amounted to to to, to a level which she probably won't be able to. Uh, to maintain. Uh, to, to, yeah, to sustain. Yeah. Um, and I think Quebec Solidaire, yeah. you know, for them, good night will be uh, 10 plus. Bad night will be losing. Um, well, going, I think going below eight will be a very bad night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't think that they have been trying to position themselves as a party of, uh, you know, relative, you know, will, will we go where the wind blows? And we'll, if, if, if we get less seats, well, we're going to be happy with it. I think they're, they're, they're trying to establish themselves as a, as a, as a mainstream Political entity. Yeah, their goal is that to make is, opposition. I mean, for them, yes. that would be the dream. And if they were, if they were to do that, if they were to overtake the liberals, and you know, I, I, which I think would be just worst case scenario for Dominique on that, is if if they they were no longer official opposition, the QX, QS came in there, that would be just. Oh, that would be disastrous. I it's mean, the greatest they, death blow you could imagine. Right, 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 right. I, I have Quebec Solidaire at around eight, eight, nine. That's right. where I've placed them. Uh, but I do think that the conservatives may be the, um, the, um, the surprising element in this campaign. Again, mm-hmm. I agree with you that maybe that you're right, that they don't have enough concentrated voters. But I think if there's one surprise that may occur, I think it would be that. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I have a feeling that he's going to do much better uh, in the region of Quebec than, uh, than he's predicted. Right. I don't know. I mean, I could be completely wrong here, but... Uh, I don't know. I think that if 
if I were to expect a surprise, it would definitely be with the Conservative Party and no one else. I mean, I think pretty much it's going to be status quo, though. You know, yeah, you're going to have a CAC government, much more, you know, reinforced. Right. Um, the Liberal in opposition, Quebec Solidaire second opposition, PQ next. Uh, and I, I think that the Conservatives are going to break into the House. Yeah. No, it's it could be possible. I, again, I think it would be a huge... One seat for Eric Zouaim would be huge for him. Huge in terms of a political movement. And that is... Well, yeah, considering where the party was eight, nine yeah. months ago. And that's how Quebec Solidaire started, exactly. right? And then they started the same way and then they were able to pick off seats But Quebec Solidaire was the biggest shock because in 2008, I remember this, they weren't even talking about Quebec no. Solidaire. They weren't even polling. Nobody nobody even saw Amir Kadir coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, mind you, polling has gotten much better. Uh, I mean, let's let's give them that. Yeah. Uh, it's gotten way better over the years. Uh, but yeah, I remember that. I was like, what? Who's Amir Kadir? Like, what? What's Quebec Solidaire? Right. Uh, what? So I don't know. Let's wait and see what happens. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be thrilling. Um, what else uh, do we need to talk about? What's going to happen with the, those two new parties? I just saw one of the posters right now and it reminded me that there's two new parties that were created. Right. So this is Bloc Montreal and the uh, Canadian Party of Quebec. I, I think they will go, uh, you know, they've gone way past the last exit to relevancy. <laughs> I don't think that they will be leaving a mark or an impress. I think they'll they'll probably, here's a, here's a good night for them. I'll, I'll be nice. If Colin Standish, the head of the Canadian Party of Quebec and Balarama Holness, the head of Bloc Montreal, get around 10%, over crazy? 10% in their own ridings. Are you crazy? In their own ridings. Yeah. That would be a good night for them. Yeah. I don't think they're going to get anywhere close to that. No, no. So I think it's going to go to show that, you know, you will, will they make a difference in terms of having stopped a few um, liberals from being able to win their seat? Maybe tonight. Maybe they'll they'll they'll, they'll force a, a few seats over to the CAC or to the, over to Quebec Solidaire in the Greater Montreal area, mm. but I don't think they're going to leave a, a big mark, and I don't I don't think that we're going to see them being viable. These are these are you know Colin Standish, for example, somebody who's tried to run with the federal Liberals before, somebody who's tried to run with the provincial Liberals before, and I can tell you that both parties were not impressed. Yeah. Um. And 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 same thing for Balarama Holness. While he while he was in the, in the midst of creating his own um, party, this Bloc Montreal party. I know that he reached out to the PLQ, that he tried having conversations with them, saying that he wanted to run. And of course, I think it's it was wise for the PLQ to say, absolutely not. Mm. Your policies when it comes to the French language are not something that we absolutely. can adapt to. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly, we find your policy disgusting in this regard. So back away from him. And again, let them... These are... are Balaram is becoming a perennial candidate. He'll run for anything and everything. Um, so... It'll be. I'm curious to see if in the next federal election he'll create, uh, you know, like a Montreal uh, party <laughs> to run in Ottawa it's, kind of thing. At this point, <laughs> anything's possible. Anything's possible. The other thing that I'll be uh, looking out for, and which I'm very curious uh, about, is to see the voter turnout in the West Island in those oh. in those you know uh, safe safe ridings where Terrible. they used to win with like twenty five thirty thousand vote majorities. Yeah. Like ninety percent, eighty-five percent. Yeah, uh, like the, the like the the, the 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 like as soon as the polling the the, the voting stops at eight uh, p.m. by eight thirty, they're already announced, kind of yeah. thing, right? Yeah, that's uh, that. I'm curious to see what the what the end result is going. Again, to be. I I don't think that they're going to be losing any of these seats. No, 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 no. no but just to see, but, but it's still indicative where. 
you know, a couple years ago, you would win with over 30,000. Exactly. Now you're winning with a difference of five or six or eight. Uh, that's a huge blow. For sure. It's, it's a huge reputational blow. It's a huge blow to the financing of political parties, too. Yeah, exactly. The, the, you know, with, with the way that political financing has completely changed, and Quebec is really being a leader by taking this progressive approach towards, you know, a few dollars per vote, as opposed to, oh, yeah, you can donate $1,500 like they do federally um, when it comes to donations. Again, it's only 100 bucks on a non-election year, 200 bucks during an election year Nothing. to a political Nothing. entity. So, again, they, parties are relying more and more, I would say now, for the majority, for the most part, on um, that voter, that, that per-vote subsidy that comes from the government of Quebec after elections. Yeah, and, you know, this is, this is the thing, right? Because right now, it's not so much whether or not you're going to win the riding. It's more so about bringing out your vote. Exactly. Even if we lose the riding, let's just get as much vote as possible because we need that money. And this, I think, and we spoke about this in one of our episodes, it's going to be an issue for the Liberal Party because if they're thinking of restructuring, they're going to end this campaign assuming that, you know, uh, we're, you know we're, we're talking along with the polls over here, assuming that the result is going to be what is projected. Uh, it's going to be catastrophic for the Liberal Party. Yeah. One, they, they, they're going to have a weak caucus in in the national assembly and two they're going to get so much less money from uh, compared to 2018 which in 2018 already was a huge that was blow a big for blow them. to them yeah it's not going to be pretty so i don't know how the, this this party is going to restructure that essentially that's what i'm trying to say here but i think you know we've seen when incumbents are bound to win re-election and polls are demonstrating that we see a lower voter turnout overall um, it's, it's always been like that. You know, Doug Ford experienced it in the recent election uh, back a few months ago in Ontario. Low voter turnout, bigger majority for, for the PC party of Ontario and Doug Ford. And I think we're going to be experiencing the same thing tonight with François Legault and the CAC. Uh, let's wrap it up. Um, just general lines. What do you, uh, how do you feel? What are you going to be looking at during this, uh, uh, this election night? Well, let's think about, you know, post-election. We've spoken about uh, the, the future of the, the leader of the of the POQ, and then what will that take on? Um, is this Dominique Anglade's farewell, or is this her battle to stay on as leader? I think there's also a question in terms of the CAC's leadership and where that will lead down the road as well. Legault has teased journalists about not running again, mm -hmm. and this could very well have been his last election campaign as of today. So the leadership of the CAC is important for many reasons, but notably, whether or not they can keep this coalition alive and going. And this is a coalition of federalists, it's a coalition of sovereignists. Yeah. So putting that all together, it's a very uh, difficult thing to bring together. The majority of the staff, the majority of the employees working within the CAC are former PQ uh, employees. They're mostly uh, independentists. Mm -hmm. Um, and there, there are federalists amongst the ranks there, but I would say there may be only a third yeah. of the party itself. So it's a question of who will take over post Lego, who will they maintain, you know, the Article One of the CAC Constitution saying that, you know, they believe that their place it's it's a it's a powerful Quebec, a strong Quebec within uh, the Federation, or will that change? Will that go a different route? Come a new a new leadership of the of the party itself. Um, we'll be making a break at night for for GND. 
I think that there's going to be a lot of questions coming from uh, les militants uh, of Quebec Solidaire if uh, they do not uh, maintain or gain. Mm -hmm. And I think that that will bring into question um, the, maybe how the election campaign went. Were they strong enough on certain issues? Were they not maybe left enough on certain issues? Were they not centrist enough on certain issues? And you'll see a big debate in terms of the, uh, not so much the, I would say not maybe the future of GND, but more a future of, you know, how far to the left or centrist the party needs to go in order to appease uh, the, their voter base from that perspective. Uh, the PQ, listen, they could very well be seeing, seeing themselves go into another leadership race if, for example, they win no seats tonight. Yeah. They win no seats tonight, then... It, the, Which is the, doubtful, the, I think. Doubtful, but, yeah. but it's possible, right? Eric mm Zouaim, -hmm. um, I think, will... Um, so, yeah. Whether he loses or, or wins, I think the movement is, is alive and well. This is, yeah, and, this is what's interesting to me. This is what I wanted to hear uh, you speak on. Yeah. Say they get no seats at all. The party will, will continue on. You think so? Just like Maxime Bernier and the, uh, the, the People's Party of Canada, they, Maxime was never able to win after two federal elections. But Maxime um, Bernier, you, 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 nobody speaks of him. Nobody speaks of his movement anymore. Mm -hmm. You don't see those massive rallies that he used to do. Yeah. I think there's something a little bit different here because I, I think that, albeit that we, 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 we point and, and laugh at Zouaim for some of his ideas, uh, we don't point and laugh when he has those crowds coming out. And he also has institutional support by, um, you know, officials inside of the Conservative Party of Canada, mm -hmm. Leo Houssakos, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, P -P -P you know, certain uh, José Vernal, for example, uh, who, who's do been doing some rallies with Eric Zoyam, you know, senators in particular, and some, some Quebec MPs um, have shown up to, uh, Quebec Conservative MPs have shown up to Zoyam's rallies, haven't given their official support. But, but they're have, hovering around. They're hovering around. They're checking to see what's going on. They're like, hey, he's he's speaking a language that I'm very familiar to. Mm -hmm. So I, I do feel that, that Eric is inspired for this movement to go forward. I think that he took a very big career decision by getting invested in this movement. And I think he could very well uh, see himself uh, continuing down this path, um, maybe just getting ready for the next election down the road. Or waiting to see if a by-election opens up, targeting that. Right, right. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I mean, look, we've said this before. This wasn't the most exciting campaign, but in terms of the results, there's so many things that could get shifted right after tonight. So that for me is going to be interesting. Um, we're gonna try and put this episode up as soon as possible. If you do see it, just go vote. Uh, if you haven't done so already, Please. of course. Um, and uh, that's it. We're probably gonna be doing one more episode. Uh, just to discuss the aftermath. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to have officially the results and we'll be able to have a better idea of what happened and what may uh, happen going forward. Um, so stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for listening uh, and have a good day. Thank George, you. George, this was great. Really appreciate doing this series with you. It was great. It was I a lot of fun. I could not have imagined doing this with anyone else. Ah, it means the world <laughs> to me. Thanks, buddy. All right, bud.